Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You work with the Lakers from 2001 to about 2010, 2011, right, as a scout? Yes. Ten seasons. Okay. When, when was the first time that you actually met Kobe? Well, um, I'll go back a few years, but when I was, you know, a teenager, you know, I used to admire watching Jelly Bean Bryant because I grew up in Italy, and, um, you know, Joe played in Italy for about eight years, and... I remember when his team would, would come and play in Bologna, you know, his family would always follow him. And, you know, Kobe was a little kid. He'd get on the court and try to shoot. He was he would clean. He would mop the floor in Reggio Emilia, which was uh, his dad's last stop and probably Kobe's most important place where he, uh, you know, really started developing skills and, uh, and a certain passion for the game. You know, that's when you could actually see it had a certain passion. So I would see him you know, a few times, and you could see, wow, the kid's really good, we would say. But, you know, maybe someday we'll play in the NBA. But, you know, obviously we were joking. We had no idea that, you know, you would become the best player in the world. But from a, you know, I knew Joe a little bit when I joined the Lakers. But then when I um, I, I finally met Kobe, when I, when I was officially a Laker, we, Laker, we were in training camp. 2001, you know, they're coming off a back-to-back. I had been a consultant for the team, but I was not full-time because I was working for other teams also. But, you know, what was, um, you know, what was interesting was that he loved having an opportunity to speak Italian. And uh, when I got there, you know, I told him who I was. And, you know, for 10 years, every time he saw, he saw me, we would speak Italian. And it, it was kind of fun. And then, uh, then we had another scout, Irving Thomas, who played in Italy also, who spoke Italian. Then Sasha Vujicic came on board. We was drafted, and he spoke Italian. So it was always kind of a fun thing that, you know, Kobe, when he'd get off the court, he'd come over and, and crack a joke in Italian or something with, with, with me or with uh, somebody else. Help me understand something. I've often said on uh, radio and TV um, that I feel as though Kobe was ahead of his time. Um, because he was a second-generation basketball player. 
Um, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they took that independent study. You know, obviously Clay was having Michael Thompson as his dad and Steph having, you know, uh, um, Dell as his uh, dad. Um, did you, in your mind, feel that he was advanced beyond his years when he came into the league? Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, his maturity was, I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, the kid had a privileged um, upbringing because his, fa- his family, his parents were educated. They're educated right. people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you compare him to your average kid coming out of high school who goes to school maybe for a year or two, and, you know, he, I mean, this kid, he grew up in Italy. Between the United States and Italy, his father was a former NBA player who had a second career in Europe. So, you know, financially, they were okay. He had a great, you know, lifestyle. And, you know, he was definitely in an advantageous, you know, situation. You know, he was a very mature 17-year-old. And, uh, but he was also a very mature, you know, 25-year-old for that matter. Because, you know, he and, and the fact... You know, the, the NBA changed. It became more bicultural, and he was bicultural. I think that was good for him. But, you know, but again, he had a special DNA. He had that alpha dog in him, and that's something that you just don't really teach. I think he was born with that. You and I talked about um, – honestly, you and I talked about um, him in practice, Kobe in practice. You talked about um, what he was like uh, – Clue me in on what watching Kobe was like in practice. Well, I'll be honest. And I was talking to to another scout uh, who's still with the Lakers, Irving Thomas, earlier today. And, um, you know, the true for us, we had a great group, number one. Our staff was terrific. But the true honor for us in those years, because the Lakers were winning, it was a hell of a team, was going to training camp. Um, first of all, we, do, we would do training camp in Hawaii, you know, every other year. Uh, but even when we were at the facility, Kobe was the main attraction. I mean, we would have paid a ticket to, to, to attend training camp. Instead, we were part of the staff. But just watching him in practice, Scoop I think, radio. Uh, you know, the, everybody saw the games. Everybody saw the highlights. But in order to be that efficient, you know, in front of 20,000 people in real games, it was his workshop was, was practice, not only team practice, but also individual practice. And I will tell you a story after this about him, uh, you know, his individual, you know, routines, how, how, you know, um, focused he was during those, but during regular practice, he just wanted to challenge himself, wanted to challenge his teammates, wanted to challenge the coaches, wanted to challenge everybody to be on top of their game. It was just, I don't know if it was his way to test people, to know who he could count on. I, I don't know if it was that. But he would ride some guys, and if they broke, he knew that they weren't good enough. Hmm. And those guys that said were tough enough to handle it, because he was hard on them. And I can give you three examples. Um, Sasha Vujicic played 10 years in the league. You know, a young kid from Europe. I mean, Kobe took a likening to him because they spoke Italian, but he was hard on him more than anybody else. Then, mm. it, was, then it was Jordan Farmer, and then we made a trade, and we got Trevor Ariza. All three of those players don't become the players they became if Kobe doesn't, you know, challenge them and kind of push them and, and you know, set, set, you know, the tone for those guys. 
Um, other guys, who well, I'm not going to mention, they, they couldn't handle it. And, okay. you know, he, and he gave up on those guys right away. But even Paul Gasol, you know, Paul Gasol came to the Lakers with a reputation of being a little soft. And his transformation uh, with Kobe pushing him changed his career. And, and, he, and he eventually, you know, was one of the best big men in the league. Uh, if he doesn't come to the Lakers, I don't know. If, I, I just think Paul would be remembered as a, as, a good, as a good European player, but not, you know, the superstar he became. Hmm. And you said you had a story. Well, one of the things that drove me just completely nuts was because I am, I mean, and you know, because we talked about this before, you know, I'm obsessed with shooting. I'm obsessed with my own workouts and stuff like this. But, you know, I was living in Europe at the time because I was mainly doing, you know, global scouting. And um, I'd come to the States only three or four times a year. But long story short, when I would come from Europe to Los Angeles, it's a long flight. I was super jet lagged and I wake up like at four o'clock in the morning. So what would I do around five thirty, six o'clock? I would go to the gym, which was, we would stay in a hotel across from the facility. I'd go to the gym to get some shots up. That was my, it was a great opportunity for me to get into a, you know, an NBA facility and get some shots up. So I remember one time I get in there and it was, it was probably five thirty in the morning. I get in there and security's there, but nobody else. And I, and I get, I go get a ball and I can hear in the weight room some, you know, clickling, whatever, some, some, some movement, you know, and so I, 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 I peek in there and it's Kobe. And again, it's not even 6 a.m. and he's drenched in sweat. He had, I asked him, what time did you get here, man? And he says, ah, four o'clock, 4.30. So he had already gone through an hour and a half of weights and conditioning. Now he is the one player in the world that I've ever met that could coach himself, whether it was physical training or it was um, basketball, you know, skill training, he could do that. He could train himself. You know, everybody else in the world needs somebody to tell him what to do and also to correct him. He was so disciplined. He knew how to correct himself. So, you know, long story short, after this, uh, you know, watching him in the weight room, then he gets to the court. He gets onto the court. And it may, may have been later in the day or something, but, you know, you know, he asked me to rebound for him. And then he asked me to guard him a little bit in, in the mid post, which was kind of his game, you know, and, um, you know, for me, it was an honor just to be on the court with him. And, but to see his discipline, like he would spend 15 minutes on the same exact shot. And then, you know, when he was done with that and he would know when he was done with it, you know, I wasn't going to tell him for sure. Then he'd do the reverse, he would mirror it. So he'd go, you know, reverse pivot to his right. And then he'd do a reverse pivot to his left. Then he'd do front pivot to his right and then front pivot to his left. So he had his whole, his whole routine, all his counters and counters to the counters that he would actually practice one on zero with a certain discipline every day. And that's why he perfected, you know, his, his offensive game to apply. I've never seen a player so polished from a footwork standpoint. And, and again, it was all because of his discipline and perseverance. Um, you discussed having three daughters yourself. Um, and kind of their reaction to uh, Gianna's passing. Um, can you kind of delve into more just how it's been in your home uh, since uh, it just came out about Kobe? Yeah, you know, honestly, you know, I started getting texts, and I didn't know it was true. And then my ki- my kids, obviously, you know, my daughters are 18, 14, and 12, and they're all on social media, and they, you know, that's how they get information, of course. Well, they, they texted me about, 
you know, what happened, you know, about Kobe. And, you know, of course I had to get online and check and, you know, it was unfortunately true. And, you know, my kids were, were so sad and crying and they, they don't follow basketball that much. Okay. But for some reason, this really hit them. And, um, and all we talked about in our, you know, back and forth texting in our family chat was, well, you know, I mean, we're just hoping that none of the kids were on board. And, you know, as the day went on, you know, 30 minutes later, you know, unfortunately they announced that Gigi was on the, on the, um, on the, on the helicopter. Mm-hmm. And that was what just brought us all to, to just to, to major tears. And my, my, my daughters were so upset about it. And um, I think it's because they kind of relate to maybe, you know, you got three, I mean, Kobe had four daughters, you know, I have three, but I think when you, when you think you look at your kids as a whole, you know, as a team and, you know, losing one member is just devastating for the rest of, of, of the family, obviously. And for, 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 for little girls, especially, I just think, uh, I think they may be related to that. And my, my wife definitely did. And my, my wife is ice, you know, she's, she's, she's tough and she, she, she just broke down. And today she's, she's a school teacher and she had a hard time, you know, teaching today, she told me. And, you know, I, and I live away from my family. They live in Europe. I live over here. So for me, it was very hard not to be able to, to go and hug them and tell them I love them. You know, uh, I think every, every parent right now feels that way. Yeah. Um, follow up. Um, you being around Kobe, you being brought up in Italy and watching him, and then you know, you both you both being employed by the Los Angeles Lakers organization. Um, when you look at Kobe and his, I guess his legacy um, as a basketball player and as a human being, as well as his work ethic, um, how could you summarize that in two sentences? His legacy, two sentences. Scoop, um, I don't know. The two sentences. Yeah, well, I'll be honest. In these last two days, I have not thought about him as a with a Laker uniform on in real games. I just kind of, you know, reflected on, you know, the tragedy and how he he was nice to me. And seeing him, you know, behind closed doors in practice, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I, 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 I did not reflect on, you know, him being who he, who he is. Sure. You know, um, but if I could, if I could pick two words that, and again, guys, things that scouts look for in players, mm-hmm. I would say, I would say professional was a word is a word that I use all the time with him. Um, he was so professional at all times. I mean, the way he handled himself with the media, with, um, you know, attention from fans. I mean, even Michael Jordan sometimes just says, I can't sign this. You know, he doesn't, doesn't want to sign autographs. It's so hard being bigger than life. And he was bigger than life. And he handled it extremely well, especially for a person who did not want to be, you know, in, in, in the spotlight that much. 
So to me, um, I think he was a star who was professional and capable of, of handling it the right way instead of, you know, falling into the Hollywood thing or just, you know, be, being, you know, not polite, you know, to the media, to fans, to people who wanted something from him. He always tried his best to make all the fans happy and the media happy. And he did it with a smile and just a professional, um, you know, approach. In your lifetime, have, is there anybody else through, through scouting, through um, just living, breathing, sleeping basketball um, that you've come across that you can give that characterization to? Uh, what other people would you give that characterization the way that you just described Kobe? Nobody. Wow. Not even close. I've been in, I've been doing this for 23 years almost. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously I didn't play at the highest level. I I, I mean, I've been around players that had great leadership or great, you know, competitiveness or or great skills, but put everything together. Nobody. And, you know, um, you know, I've worked with Michael Jordan, but not as a player, but you know, he, as the owner of the team, so I cannot, you know, make that comparison because I wasn't, I wasn't around him. Um, but uh, I cannot even think of anybody who comes close from a competitive standpoint, from a technical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint. I just cannot think of anybody that I would even mention in the same phrase as Kobe. Wow. Um. How does somebody mourn? I mean, there's a season to play. You're busy. Would you imagine that players mourn through, through games? Like, how do you – in your life in basketball, what comes close to something like this in season? I I can't. I mean, honestly, I was talking about this with some friends, and, um, you know, the, the, when, when a celebrity passes away, I mean, we can remember when Michael Jackson passed away. You know, it was a similar, but it wasn't as tragic of, a, of an ending. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, September 11th was, a you know, obviously bigger proportion and everything. But I remember being stunned in front of the television just as I was stunned yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, stunned, shocked, upset. Didn't know what, didn't, it was just too surreal. Um, but how do people mourn? I don't know. You know, it's it's one thing that I do understand. People are like, oh, all these players. Oh, but people don't understand who Kobe was to most of this this new generation. He was their Michael Jordan, you know. You mm-hmm. know like, and he was the, um, he epitomizes, you know, perf- you know greatness and competitiveness and, and, and success. And I think everybody wanted to be him. But what the one thing that's coming out in, in, in the last two days is how much, he gave back in the mm-hmm. sense that he never turned down. So many players reached out to him when he retired and say, Hey, can you show me this move? Hey, can I pick your brain? I know coaches that have done that. You know, I've known players that have done that or read about them and he didn't turn down one person. You know, there are a lot of great stars that really didn't do much for the game, you know, after they retired or even when they were still playing, you know, but Kobe really, really, he, I think he liked the mentoring part, like he did it with Sasha Vujicic, with Jordan Farmer, with other players. 
I think he enjoys doing that. Um, you know, you know, up, up until his death, I think he, he really enjoyed doing that, being there for younger players. Like, you know, there were stories about Trey Young, about Jamar DeRozan, about, you know, Giannis, you know, reaching out to him for advice. And he was always there for them. And I, I think that is the, the, the one thing that right now has come out that is beautiful about his legacy is how much he was giving back to, instead of, you know, being competitive, and, you know, thinking that he's better than everybody else. Because, you know, guys, when they retire, they still think they can play. Kobe never talked about that. If you, he, never, he, he was more than willing to help the new guys, you know, blossom and come into their own and give, give them the best advice uh, he could give. And that's really a beautiful thing. Adam, help me understand something. I don't know if it's confidential. If it is, tell me. But when you look at – you mentioned that Kobe or, or people, players and coaches – um, reached out to Kobe and asked for advice. What kind of things were coaches asking him? Well, I can give you an example, and I don't want to speak for, for, for Coach Clifford, but a few years ago, a few years ago when I was in Charlotte with Coach Cliff, he brought up, you know, like he was always looking to, to better himself. That's one thing I sure. liked about him. Like he would go talk to, you know, football coaches, um, college coaches that were successful, and kind of pick their 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 minds. And he told me, you know, like I, you know, he 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 would he would reach out to Kobe. Hmm. He would reach out to Kobe and ask me, like, you know, kind of like, what's the mindset of a, of a star player? What's his approach? And what are the what do they expect from 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 us coaches? And how do we win them over? And how do we you know have gain credibility? You know, a lot of these coaches today, you know, aren't you know they're not they're not former players or you know. They, they, they need to work extra hard to, to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that was Coach Clifford's uh, point. And, um, but I, I'm pretty sure there have been other guys over the years. I know, you know he had a very strong relationship with Ettore Messina, who was an assistant there one year for the Lakers. You know, he's a European coaching legend. And I know they stayed in touch, and, you know, they, and, and he could pick his brain. So, uh, again, you know, I'm sure that there have been more players looking, you know, for his advice and mentorship but when when people that are older than you are asking for you know some kind of information i think it's even more extraordinary but that's you know this guy had something he had he just uh you know he saw he saw the game in a way that very few players ever have and uh you know again the fact that he was willing to share his knowledge uh, with the younger people or with people looking for advice you know in the coaching ranks I, i think that says so much about him uh, as a giver. And, uh, you know, that was a side that maybe not everyone saw when he was a player. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.